We are live on the side quest with your favorite people, Dolly and Taylor, here at Lovely Side Questing HQ, talking yep. all about video games and the culture of video games and the people that play video games, including us. I'm Dolly Domofsky. That is Taylor. How's it going, Taylor? Uh, exactly. Oh, no. I've been blurred. Um, yeah, I'm great. I was trying yeah. out um, StreamYard's blur my background. Oh, I figured, why does not it not work until, as well? I was like, why not wait until we go live to test it? <laughs> um, and yeah, no, it's kind of shitty. Uh, I have a green screen sitting in the other room. Um, have not put it up in about three months. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to start today, obviously. Of course. Of course. So you'll just have to look at my bookshelf. There's a. Um, Totally an, outdated, an outdated CCNA book. Um, there's a Lord of the Rings trilogy, some college level uh, <clears throat> biology textbooks, and Absolute Watchmen. That's uh, I like it. What you got? Oh, good, good, good choice. The collection of all the Watchmen. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since we've had you on. You've been busy. Yeah, life's not, life came at me fast. Um, we kept doing the podcast on Tuesdays, and I can't do it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, what if we did the podcast on Tuesdays for six weeks straight? And I was yeah, like, okay. It's tough. It's tough. We're going to try to mix it up and see what we can do. JJ, for instance, right now can't do weekdays because he's got – he switched to different he's got, times. Yeah, he's got this, his work like, stuff. Foreseeable future. I've been crazy on my weekdays and stuff. So we've we'll, got, we'll we've get there. we got people on – we got bodies all over medical the place. Leave, we medical got, leave. Yeah, I mean, like, guys, oh it's, it's a mess out here. Yeah. Side quest. Bloody, bloody HQ. mess. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like pouring one out for Sam. No, we have so Sam's many, alive. We, have, He's working. we have so many rooms in this, in this headquarters. And <laughs> everywhere um, you look, I'm, I'm seeing you across. There you are over yeah, there. I, it's there it's good right. to see you as Just always. High fived you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, goodness. We're, we're in a blimp in a pineapple under the sea, which we'll get to. Surprisingly later. <clears throat> Anywho, we got uh, a few little stories to go over. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> to go over today. <clears throat> My goodness. Sorry about that. Uh, I saw you drinking and I figured, man. Yeah. What if you also did that? Yeah. What if I also did that and did it wrong? <clears throat> we got a few stories to go to today. Uh, the first one, I think this was the hottest news of the, the week. What's the hottest news of the week? The hottest news of the week. Um, did you see a, a little film called the Mario movie? I didn't actually, but nope. But guess what? A lot of other people did. A lot, a lot of, a lot one, of them. Several hundred million people did because it made like one point four billion or whatever. <clears throat> Nintendo decided, hey, what if we made more movies based off of our off of our properties? Man, you uh, know what would be really helpful is if we like had a production studio and then a really <laughs> profitable franchise to base it off of. <laughs> That would be amazing, right? That'd be really useful. Um, uh, they have one. They don't have the. No, just kidding. Uh, they have. They have both in a way. Well, yeah. They, one's, Nintendo, one's animation focused, but yes, what they do have is another profitable IP of which uh, we'll. That's another news bite that we'll get to later. But um, Legend of Zelda in on the big screen, but live action, which is an interesting choice. Yeah. So Miyamoto ah. tweeted by himself, totally was the one that, that tweeted from Nintendo's account, nobody else, um, <laughs> that uh, there is a, a Legends of the um, Legends of the movie in the works with Avi Arad uh, of yeah, um, that is of the Blade Blade the TV series fame, which you guys all might know, and and uh, Spider Man certainly a choice, uh, and Sony is involved as well. But the, the actual director is Wes Ball, who uh, has some weirdly, they dug up tweets. Uh, Wes Ball, by the way, is doing um, uh, the upcoming Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes film, which the first trailer looked really cool. He's done a, he's done a few other things, but he also, Wes Ball has been tweeting about wanting to do a Zelda movie for like 13 plus years. I think in 2010, he tweeted out that if there was ever a movie he'd want to make, but he'll never get the chance is the legend of Zelda. Guess what, bro? You shot your <laughs> shot. <clears throat> he shooted his shot 13 years ago, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's just, it's just really, but like, here's the guy director of the maze runner trilogy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're like, and then 
the kingdom of planet of the apes and yeah. you're like that's he's our guy and let's and work with to- avi arad who did amazing spider-man 2 and spider-man 3 and um uh, well yeah i mean movie. like obviously there's i mean listen it's yeah. we've got sony is running production and so when sony is running production from a film house studio perspective it makes all of those choices all like a lot less ambiguous yeah. because yeah. you know what production studio did all those things oh the rights holders of spider-man yeah on the film exactly. side which is sony production studios yeah. so like you know it's it's always bizarre it's bizarre it's like uncanny to like to watch this kind of stuff play out because you're like oh there, there's there is somebody at sony that is really big deal mm-hmm. that gets to make these kind of choices of who's going to be involved in their projects like that one dude that they worked with um <laughs> at the, and they're like listen He's the guy I want to work with on Legend of Zelda live action. And then they bring him back. And you're like, I'm, why? And you're like, yep. is there any other reason? It's like, no, nah, he was just really good. Just really good. Like, okay. It, it <laughs> is mean, interesting. I'm, yeah. It's just, I would have. Like, yeah, go ahead. We, 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 no, no, you would have done what, Dolly, as a I would film have, producer? I would have not. First of all, I would have not. I would not do a live action Legend of Zelda. I made my point clear you in agree the Discord that. that I don't want to see a dude with fake pointy ears because uh, uh, even in the Lord of the yeah. Rings that looked awkward. At least in the Lord of the Rings, they were the elves are sort of, I don't want to say background characters, but they kind of were because everything was on Frodo and the the wizard dude. Like that's all it was. About. <laughs> that's all people cared dude. about. The wizard dude. And, mm-hmm. and the typical, you know, the typical Caucasian long haired sword wielding guy. <clears throat> the king. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've been like, it's and such so a fan, like yeah. Legend of Zelda, almost like even more than Mario really is a, such a fantastical. Yes, it um, really is. Really is. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Mario but, is American. Like he's legitimately an American. <laughs> he's an immigrant to America or a child of immigrants to America from the real world. And he's sucked into a mushroom world. That's, that that okay there's some realism there's more realism there than link is an elf who is born in a tree tribe called the kokiri and uh somehow by the kokiri become the koroks later on in life. yeah i guess i guess evolved. what i'm what i'm what i would be yeah. most concerned about is just the fact that <laughs> yeah. like the legend of zelda is the kind of thing where i want to suspend my belief disbelief as like or my you know suspend belief. my belief yeah How's that work? One or the other. Uh, Suspend your belief. Yeah. Um, As much as possible. And live action, I feel like constrains my ability to do so uh, in an awkward way for something that should be like pure fantasy. Sure. And, um, you know, maybe some people will call me a hater and that's fine, but I don't know. Like, well, the other, the other aspect about live action. So, the Mario movie made 1.4 billion. This Zelda movie will never make that much money. True. It's not Mario. It's like, not Mario. Just, also, just it live action. It does uh, not well. will not appeal does, to kids as much. Will not appeal. You're yeah. not going to have families taking their kids to go see a Zelda movie. Let's go see, yeah, let's go see the, the live action Zelda let's movie. Like, <clears throat> unless it's comedy, like family comedy level of live action that's right. the only way and even then you're looking at a movie that'll maybe break like pokemon, are we doing the dark it, are we doing dark style, gritty right? are we doing the dark and gritty zelda legend of zelda we don't know we don't know i, I mean pokemon detective pikachu is kind of dark and gritty in some places right because it had some strong themes and that movie made 400 million right so but com- compared to that's also pokemon po- yeah, well, as you say but but Compared to the animated Pokemon movies, like how much did um, the goat, the OG Pokemon 2000 do? Not didn't make as much as Detective Pikachu. That's for sure. You sure? Oh, Detective Pikachu is the highest. Oh, I mean, it, it, it crushed. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but still. At the time, though, Pokemon yes, movie 2000 and, was very, very. Uh, and, no, and 133 and all- million. Exactly. And that was phenomenal at the time. It also was phenomenal because it was animated. And I think animated there will we talked about the Mario movie. The Mario movie is very vanilla. 
uh, in yeah. what it was trying to achieve. It was saying it was literally, it was literally every Mario meme possible. But that's fine because they were going for a. You're watching a movie about the Mario games and like a little short comprised history of games. That's it. That's all that was. It wasn't meant to be a story. Yeah. Zelda has a story. Like there is a there is a legit struggle between good yeah, but and, it's also, and it's incredible also, evil. It's also one of the most villainous stories out there as well. I mean, it's there's a princess, there's an ultimate evil, there's a legendary swordsman, regardless of whether the fact that he's reincarnated of whatever, blah 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 blah. I mean, like that part of the story is always the same. There's a Correct. Triforce. But are they the... going to touch on any of that? That's the that's what my question is. They probably won't. They're probably going to take, God, they might take the first Zelda game and just trans, you know. Yeah, there, I mean. There's a lot of lore in Zelda you can work from, basically. Yeah, what, like, I would need to know where in the, in the Historia they are pulling from. No, it's true. Age. Yeah, listen, but listen, yeah. like, I mean, I'm obviously being sarcastic here because, like, the, from a movie perspective, it's going to get, it's, unless, uh, unless me, like, unless somebody from Nintendo, unless Miyamoto is getting involved, like, it's, it, it will not matter. Correct. Correct. It, it is all, it is for not. It does yeah. not, it is irrelevant because Shiggy's involved in this one. Yeah, sure, he's involved, but like, unless unless I see an article that comes out that's like he gets final say, I will. It it does not. It will not matter because well, he, he he did with Mario. He had final, say, and I all I'm going to say is I hope that they're working. He as had final closely if he had final say this. in Mario, and it and it ended up as vanilla as you just described. Then it, because it's then, all they wanted. Then it's also that's it's, what he wanted. Then it's irrelevant. Yeah. If, if his goal is to make it as approachable to a common viewer as possible, then that's what it is. And it will be just like there is Link. Yeah, there is Zelda. Sure. There is Ganondorf. There is the Triforce. It is the and as long as you check journey. Yeah, you're right. Then we then we have achieved what my goal is, which is to tell that like that is the story yeah. of of Link and Zelda. And it may end up. I, that's what I think it's going to end up being. It's going to be the vanilla Zelda story. I would have again would have loved to see an animation. Because I think you could do a lot more fun things in animation with the. Uh, I mean, we yeah. saw that with Mario with things getting squished, but that's also Mario. Mario gets squished in in the games. Doesn't really happen with uh, with Zelda. Zelda is a little bit more sort, you know, realistic type of stuff. But um, <clears throat> I believe it's gonna be it's gonna be. I think it. Uh, I'd love it for I love for it to be it to be dark, but I do think it's gonna be a very vanilla, yeah. very basic hero's journey, and it's gonna get. It's going to get the same rating that uh, the critics gave Mario movie, which is like, hey, you're going to get like a 65 or a 70, yeah. which is whatever. And then it's at like, the same yeah, time, it'll be like, yeah, but I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't dislike it. it. And then the, yeah. the uh, audience yeah. is going to be like, oh, my God, they brought my I can't believe Zelda's there on the screen. That's, what's, the that's exactly what it's going to be. And you're going to have a little dude. Link's going to walk into a into a, a, a cave and there's going to be a guy there saying it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I, I'm I'm keeping my after watching the Mario movie, I'm keeping my expectations so low for Zelda in terms of plot, and I'm okay with it because it's like I just want to see that one on screen and then see where it goes from there. But that's not the only news. Uh, I mentioned a few stories. We also have a story. Um, speaking about uh big games and big properties, we have a story from our friends. Uh, over at Rockstar Games, who have given us a date for our very the, good friends. Our very the, good uh, friends. We definitely we, didn't negatively review one of theirs and then get the only review game date they ever sent us, and then never received another one because we gave it such a poor review. Um, <clears throat> uh, and in the end, everyone freaking loved it. But uh, the Rockstar Games has said, "Okay, yeah, we know y'all want that." Hey, we know that this just got leaked. GTA 6. And yeah, literally, it's what the tweet was. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're going to post a trailer in December. I wonder where. Uh, not Definitely not the only games thing happening in December. <laughs> the only big game. However, uh, at the, they said it'll be in early December. They could just go rogue and put all the focus on themselves and have people talk only Dude, about. Actually, that, I was thinking, I was thinking about right this. Um, 
after this got posted yeah. and then people are like and then you you posted you know yeah. game you know yeah. game award season and then i had the i had the thought of like yo man what a buck it would be to just be like <laughs> yeah sorry game trailer or sorry game awards yeah kind of, we kind of need to like to write this is our deal and game or or maybe it was just too expensive yeah. for game awards which is totally possible totally possible um, you know, Rockstar GTA, can do whatever they want on GTA, their own. GTA Five is such a behemoth that, yeah. like, I, it is. <laughs> it would not surprise me for Game Awards to not be able to swing. I could see. All right, ready? I could see a uh, GTA Five trailer at the Game Awards for like the next gen version, the next next gen version Shut of GTA up. Five no, and the Switch version. No way. Here's the Switch version of GTA 5 and then like at the Game Awards and then like two days later or and then a teaser for GTA. Yeah, come watch us. On, be ready on December 12th when we reveal the trailer. Then again, that uh, could would not, J- Senor Keeley would not care so long <laughs> as he got to say that it was a world first or world premiere of yep, GTA true. 6. So as long as as long as he gets the first, if it even if it's only a teaser for the full trailer to come afterwards. I would bet he would he would take that. Yep. He'd be fine. Yep, for sure. For sure. Um, anywho, uh I've I own GTA five. I think I've owned it twice now, <laughs> but I've, I've never, never played beaten it. it. Never I've played never... it. I own it. I played a lot of GTA four and San Andreas. Uh, yeah, I played I played the shit out of GTA four. Um yep. I was actually I was working at a hotel back when GTA four came out. I remember and, you were. I remember and that. I played that in the upper loft of a oh did you of a of the employee housing that was there at the hotel. Um on nice. my like not on my disconnected three sixty <laughs> off disc and GTA four was was a good time. Uh, uh, former yeah. former former side questing writer. An entrepreneur, Mike Bachman, also worked at a hotel. <laughs> yeah, he was he was doing a little bit, yeah, a little bit different. I was yeah. at, the, at the time I was a waiter, um, but uh, he was just getting us discounts all the time at hotels whenever we went. Yeah, to those, those, <laughs> the, the good days. GTA, gone. I uh, I remember GTA Five coming. Yeah, like I said, never never touched it. I should eventually one day, and maybe I, think I will. I played like two hours into the mission into the when- storyline. When do you think the game's gonna be coming? You think it's next year then? If they're no, gonna show, a I trailer? think it's twenty twenty five. I'm. Oh, you think so? Okay, so you actually think it's not even twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty five. Okay. I think. Right. So they announce. So I think that they drop a trailer. I think that they target <clears throat> holiday of twenty twenty four, and I think that they miss it and it goes to twenty twenty five. I love it. I love this. Yeah, it yeah. could very. Yeah. No, you might be. Might be. That's right my. There. That's my gut. That's my gut. Yeah, I, yep, yep. I, if there's, if it was me, I would just say it's coming 2025 straight yeah, up. Okay. And you don't even, you don't even say when in 2025, you just say 2025. Um, yeah. You know, we saw, God, how long ago was the one leak? The, the leak that where it was like the, the, they got into their servers and there was the dev footage. Mm-hmm. Um, that was almost a year and a half ago. I feel like hmm. I don't I don't remember, so don't quote me on it. But I mean, like you know, there was clearly substance to what that was, mm-hmm. but that was just like playable substance. That wasn't, you know, we have any semblance of what a mission looks like. That that was engine running. So, how far that, have they come in that amount of time? Who knows? And I feel like. You know, we don't know how old that was at the time. I feel like we're at minimum the, one year uh, out already. Strauss Zelnick, CEO. This is back in uh, in August. I'm reading here. I'm going to share this okay. tab over on GameSpot. Thank you, our friends over at GameSpot. Um, Haley Williams writes at the latest earnings report says they don't mention GTA 6, but they said a the hint at a late 2024 or early 2025 release for GTA 6 just lining up. Uh, when they believe their big money chunks yeah, are going I, to come in. Yeah, so like I said, I think... So there you go. If, if, it, right. if it's take two... Take two. Take two. Yeah. Take two. So obviously, take two. take two, the owner of Rockstar, 
Take mm-hmm. Take Two wants this game to come out in holiday of 2024. Yeah. Right. The game is n- most likely not going to release in holiday of 2024 mm-hmm. because something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Crunch, whatever. God forbid some employees of Rockstar decide to um, try and form a union. Who knows? Um, God forbid. God forbid. It got, God knows this happened in many other companies over the past mm-hmm. years. So I would hedge my bets on 2025. Um, mm-hmm. I actually think that Q2 2025 would be mm-hmm. really killer because yep. April, May, June. Yeah, they, yeah. They brought in such a younger audience into GTA 5 online um, that to try and sell it for the summer of 2025 would be really, really effective when, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all the kids go out for some break. Yep. Um, and yeah, you're right, that would be huge. What that does is afford you the ability to also delay to quarter three of 2025 and be like, oh, sorry, we missed summer. But guess what? Here's holiday. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, the one the one benefit <laughs> is that if you release in uh, in quarter at the end of quarter two, right before summer is that you can release your big um, DLC, which probably comes with multiplayer DLC, because let's be honest, GTA six is now going to be a multiplayer game after what happened at GTA five, mm-hmm. they bought, um, uh, what should I call it? The one multiplayer, um, thing that for GTA five, Oh God, five M. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah yep. They bought five M a few mo- a month ago, yeah. pretty recently. And so like they're, they're clearly in, either interested in cornering the market on multiplayer or expanding it. However you want to view it negatively or positively. And so if they release it for summer, that means that you can have a big multiplayer push for uh, for fall and holiday. And so that's that's my guess mm-hmm. is that they're going to try and target quarter two so that they can have DLC for quarter three. Well, they'll target quarter three so that they can get the install base and then, you know, roll out the stuff afterwards. Sure, sure. 2024, um, though, uh, holding you to it. Holding you to it. 2024. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. A game that doesn't need 2024. In fact, it's. uh, Yeah, I mean, God, it's going back. It's going back a few years is Fortnite. which (laughs) just had its biggest ever day with 44 million players by just going back to the original map. And you know what? Even that still can't make the Epic Game Store profitable. Yeah, that's the other aspect. Because <laughs> that's Game the other news story is... of yep. the week. Yeah. Slash. Oh my slash couple of weeks. Is that? Uh, is that? Yeah, Epic Game Store still is not profitable. After yeah, after trying to sign exclusives. So yeah, these two go go hand in hand. Trying to sign exclusives um, has not bumped uh, revenue. As you know, they're they're not making much more. Uh, significantly, in fact, st- like you said, they're still losing money on Epic Game Store. Yeah, and w- and what you are know, your thoughts on why? I have my thoughts, but I I want to hear your thoughts. The, so the my thoughts on why they're not doing it is because, you know, the details on it. We have a story of sentiment which comes out, which is the fact mm-hmm. that why isn't Epic making money yet? But then we have mm-hmm. a story of facts, which is what goes out to the shareholders, which is the fact that they are still in a expansion phase of what the Epic Game Store is, which is dropping significant amounts of money on exclusives and rel- and you know attempts at relevance. Um, beyond that, you have a contingent a contingency of people which just do not like they just are adverse to the fact that Epic games pens exclusivity at all um, away from steam. You know, the one thing is that valve has been very smart about not trying to pen any exclusives onto Mm -hmm. the steam store. I mean, they know that they don't need to. So that helps them a lot. Obviously is that like when you already are the top dog, it's not really necessary for you to say, you have to, you know, here's your exclusive deal to release on Steam, right? Um, but they get free bargaining power of, uh, you know, 
of the consumer fan base by not trying to make exclusives. Hmm. Valve does. And Epic, on the other hand, doesn't get that because they're trying to make exclusives to bring people over to their uh, to their game store. Um, but they're, you know, I, I personally see the sentiment that people do not like the fact that Epic is taking that stance on things. Um, yeah. uh, I think that Valve, I mean, and this is, we're talking about niches of niches, right? Like yeah, yeah, any, yeah. anybody yeah. that's posting about the fact that they don't like that Epic has an exclusive, um, exclusivity period to a PC game, we're already talking about, you know, kind of peanuts in the grand scheme of things, but that's just, you know, that's the reality of things. Um, I think that Steam Deck actually oddly made, has made actually a pretty big difference. I um, agree as well. Because I agree as well. Yeah. When something comes out, uh, like Alan Wake 2, which I'll be talking about later, um, that's an Epic Game Store exclusive. Yeah. And even though that it runs like dog shit on the Steam Deck, it actually does still run on the Steam Deck. Which you still is, play on the Steam Deck. You can right? you literally can, which is in and of itself kind of a miracle, um, even if it is at 20 FPS. Um, but those kinds of things, like there was a lot of goodwill that Valve earned by making the Steam Deck, making an affordable uh, kind of alternative PC game machine. And then Epic makes it, that much harder to run a game on it. And so those exclusives just kind of sap goodwill away from the people that want to be able to just play it. Sure. And it's just like, it's the easiest win that valve could have made for PC gaming because they, all they have to do is sit there and let Epic make an exclusive. And it just creates negative will against Epic just by the fact that they can't get it day in and date on mm-hmm. on steam and therefore on steam deck um even though the heroic launcher works okay um but you know the vast majority of people don't want to use it i i for, for me it's the part of the problem is that uh epic is a new game store still a new game store no matter how many years old it is at this point yeah um everybody's had steam forever in Pretty fact steam sure. comes preloaded in a lot of PCs uh, in order to use a lot of VR stuff. Like if you want to use any VR stuff uh, like the Vive or it used to be the Vive, but definitely the uh, Valve stuff, you need to have Steam, right? You need, meanwhile, the other VR things, you can load their own apps. You can use a Steam Deck and Valve, I think one of the other things is the ease of use for developers to do stuff on steam. Like there is a big community aspect within steam. Like you, you're talking, you're building communities with friends, you're, or as a developer, you're building communities, you're allowing people to rate and review and post comments and post. The pictures. social aspect of Epic is, it's, is still significantly lagging behind. It really is. And it's not bringing people like I, I didn't in the past, but now that I have the steam back, I like scrolling through Taylor's games and seeing what, uh, what you know yeah. what he's been able to do um and i think the other aspect is, is valve recently has not been antagonistic towards other marketplaces like yeah. valve even with like iowa say what you want about apple and google valve is like you know what okay fine we won't sell games on there but we'll put our authentication apps we'll work with you guys we don't want to be on your bad side because that's the last thing we want to do right now because who knows down the line, right, maybe things will get better, but I mean, Valve has again, the luxury of already being that big and giant and not really worrying about mobile. But I think as that yeah. as opposed to what Epic did, which was, yeah. you know, they kicked the hornet's nest with Fortnite, And when they wanted to, um, you know, when they wanted to go around Apple's uh, yeah. Apple storefront and, and all that kind of, uh, that, that kind so, of, so <clears throat> I think this is a, it's a good question what Exadrimus is saying and I, I oh they definitely did the difference is, is they, yeah. they had huge growing pains the difference is that's it right there yeah I mean yeah so it's it's a that they were the only ones at that point in time but it was also 20 years ago yeah they were they made they were doing they were having growing pains people didn't care right I mean like we're, ta- we're talking about the 
people were complaining about the exclusivity of being able to activate certain Steam titles or certain Valve titles, I should say, in 2004. Yep. It yep. was at the end of 2003 and the beginning of 2004, the era of converting over to the orange box. Mm -hmm. um, this is the era when they were, you know, picking up the Counter-Strike IP and bringing it in private because it was previously a custom map. Um, that kind of thing. Like, that's how old we're talking about where Valve went through these growing pains with Steam. So it's just, yep. it's tough to imagine it, yeah. you know, being redone with Epic. Um, you know, the other thing, you know, I want to double down on the community side of mm -hmm. what Steam offers. Yeah. The fact that the wish list system is oh, so God, it's great is so important, so important um, <clears throat> to what a game's livelihood means. Um, it's massive for devs. Massive yeah, I mean, you know, we we kind of watch this with um, you know, we got some some insider friend info for uh, for some of the games that have, have been coming out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll I'll talk Friend about side. that. I'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, like that kind of thing doesn't exist for Epic Games in the same yep. way. Yep. There isn't there isn't a significant wishlist system that ties to, uh, you know, wishlist to sales. There's not a system that that ties from reviews to sales. But all of those things exist in in kind of a semi known algorithm on Steam. And so yeah. that's part that's that's another part of the reason why I think Epic Games still struggles. Yep. yep. And the last thing I want to touch on before we move on, because we should, yep. is that despite the fact of the news that we were talking about the last time I was on the show with Unity uh eating its own foot, is that Unreal 5, as successful and useful as it is, Epic, it feels like to me, that has not figured out a way to capitalize on integrating unreal 5 that engine and how does that translate you know it it owns unreal it owns one of the major game engines yep. one of the major the entertainment engines at this point. yeah i yeah i mean for real i mean yeah i mean unreal 5 is used in in major picture studios right for uh, in cars for, by the way it's also used in cars which i know yep i believe it um and how do you translate that into sure into getting games discoverable on your platform. And if they have in it, if they think that they have done it, Epic games, if they think that they've done that, <clears throat> we, as the users and as the consumers do not see it. So even if they think that they've done it, it doesn't matter because nobody here, you know, consuming games believes that they have, they don't see it. So it's effectively irrelevant. That's my opinion. Nope, yep. I, I'm. Uh, it's going to be a long slog for Epic Game Store, and I think part of it is just understanding that you, if you want to get people on your store to shop, you got to get people on your store to stick around first. You know, I mean, that, you know, there's. Yeah, and, and I think and there's we, some some cool things they can do outside of it that they exclusives really and free games will only go so yeah, far. Yeah, and exactly. You know, I would I would guess that that. That gravy train's gonna last for about one more year. I think. I mean, uh, I think I've bought one game on Epic Game Store, and that was Ooblets, and that was only to get because <laughs> it was on sale, and you got like a ten dollar off thing. Or maybe I bought Loop Hero, and I got like, oh, I got Ooblets for free or something like that. Um, God, Loop that Hero was it. So fucking Everything good. else is free games on Epic Game Store, unless it's a review code. Meanwhile, Steam is very easy to buy from. It's very easy to go. Hey, you know what? I'm going to buy this. It's, it's yeah, and you, and you know the other thing is that three dollars like, and ninety nine cents or whatever. And in general, you never have to worry about Steam sales being like an inevitability. Yeah, yep. There have been some interesting free games on Epic Game Store, but even those now, like instead of drawing up, it's like <clears throat> you used to have these big games. Like, yeah, you get uh, the first Alan Wake game, awesome, and then the, like the next free game is you get. A 30-day trial to this uh <laughs> and the premium version of this free-to-play game. All right, we see where this is going. Uh enough about that. Enough about 
places to play games. Let's talk about the actual games we've been playing. And yeah. I'd like to go first um, because I have Please. the review code. Last year, two years ago, I think it was two years ago, we were graced by uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, the game that our very own Zach Quest <laughs> said was going to take on the platform fighting game uh, genre and steal the crown from Smash Brothers because it's done by actual fans. It's doing stuff that Nintendo October would do. of 2021. October of 2021. And uh, boy, oh boy, was he right. Uh, because that's all that people have talked about over the last... No, just kidding. Um, the original game was he was fine. semi-right. It, it, it was fine. It, uh, it it lasted as long as multiverses lasted. So multiverses probably lasted even less. <clears throat> and we thought it was dead. We thought, cool, they put out just this fun thing. Nickelodeon was, wasn't going to support it, whatever. But there was a glimmer of hope there. Somebody at Nickelodeon said... I bet we could still squeeze some money off of this if we did things the right way with it. Like if we actually supported it and made people want to go back. The original Nick All-Star Brawl was pretty devoid of content. It was literally just the fighting game aspect of it. There wasn't a campaign. <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of like fun on unlocks. There wasn't anything to do by yourself except go through the arcade mode over and over again. Um Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl was announced earlier this year and released, and we got a code for it. And I can tell you wholeheartedly that this game fixed everything that, that was an issue for me from the first game. And at the same time, it all was blinking in my house. Here, something's blinking. At the same time, it thunder outside. That's a good sign. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl has fixed everything from the first game and done a whole bunch of good stuff in this new game, in the sequel, and I'm about to talk about it. Uh, first and foremost, way improved visuals. I'm playing it on PS5. Zach's playing it on Steam. I gave uh, JJ a Switch code. Thank you we to hate him. Because we hate him. There are issues there because I guess the, the Switch version is not running very well from what he was saying. Um, it, this runs magnificently on PS5. The visuals are are great. Like I'm, I'm gonna pause this a little bit to show you, show you some of the stuff. Uh, everything is rendered really well, right? So you start off the game. There are several modes. Uh, I'll I'll kind of dive into the campaign mode and the um, kind of <laughs> general battle. <clears throat> general battle wise, like I said, uh, visuals are great. What I love about it is that the animations for the characters actually fit the moves now in that, um, like, uh, you start off playing the game really with, like, SpongeBob to learn a lot of stuff. SpongeBob is sort of the Mario of the game, of the series. His move <laughs> now is he does the stupid rainbow, right? The, the very famous SpongeBob rainbow. But the animation lines up with the attack this time. Like, in the past, you would actually have just, like, punches and kicks, in this case, they're actually taking animations from the IP that they're from and turning it into actual movesets, which I think is, is fantastic. Um, they've sort of homogenized the art style, so it still looks like characters, still looks like the, the IP that they're from, but now they've sort of made the art style work together a little bit, a little bit better, uh, which I think is also really cool. The other really interesting aspect of it is the way that they've... Um, kind of really fine-tuned the classes in this game. In the in the first game, you had, like, 10 characters from, uh, let's say, from uh, Rugrats. And the majority of them played the same. I mean, it's, it's like the Smash Brothers issue where there's, like, 15 sword fighters from Fire Emblem, and they all play exactly the same. <clears throat> Instead of having, like, Tommy from Rugrats and SpongeBob fight, and they might have real similar attacks, they actually chose Reptar as the character from Rugrats take on you know let's say spongebob or powder toast man or whatever and the reason being is that uh the reptar now is an actual actually play significantly differently than you know than spongebob then donatello then april o'neill then jimmy neutron uh they all really have an individual fighting style and that's something that was missing from that first game again the first game was fine but you could play as any of the characters and not really get much out of it. 
differentiation wise in this game they really are uh unique in their in their play styles so that said uh great level design the one aspect of this i don't know if, i don't know if they show it here or not is the new slime mechanic the slime mechanic is fantastic so you get this little meter if it shows up here i'll pause it this little meter starts building up on the screen <clears throat> that has like a little slime meter um and what happens with the slime meter oh they don't show it oh well what happens with the slime meter is that you can use it to break uh, combos you can like hold one of the trigger buttons it'll break combos it'll let you jump back onto a platform if you're too far down it will uh let you unleash more powerful moves or block moves or do reverses or do you know faster mo movements that kind of stuff depending on which trigger what point of that slime meter is happening um the you know the hp of the of, of the person you're fighting against and if you're just somebody who is a little bit more basic in some of the uh the way you play these games you can just use it almost like a smash brothers move where it kind of uses the if the slime meter is filled up you you use the you know you tap right with the right stick and it'll unleash a superpower like cartoonish animation finishing move type of thing which is which is actually really fun to watch so that addition i think is great the ability to sort of build up and drain this slime meter to do certain certain fighting moves and, and and breaks and holds it these modifiers to the game i think is awesome so that's a fighting mechanic it works great but what i loved was this the campaign mode which is this very basic roguelite style setup um and you can sort of see uh right there you can just kind of see there it's set up in a, in a array of stages that you go through each one. You can, some of the stages are one-on-one -on -one battles. Some of them are like your popping balloons. Some are platforming challenges. It reminds me a lot of the uh, Super Smash Brothers ultimate overworld map thing where you're kind of facing off against folks, but they are also uh, randomized and it's because it's a roguelite, you get to a certain point if you lose all your health and you die, like there's one of the platforming challenges, lose all your health and die um clockwork is one of the characters that you're kind of working with in this sort of story mode will rewind time and pull you back to the beginning of the of the run uh obviously you're it gets frustrating because hey i didn't get a chance to um uh here's running stimpy by the way i didn't get a chance to finish the game and fight one of the bosses or whatever but and you, you kind of get reset back like any roguelite but you do keep you know you keep certain gold you keep certain unlocked characters and that kind of stuff and you can Again, by facing off the characters one-on-one -on -one in these little uh, little mini missions on this world map, you can unlock them for later runs. And then there's like this hub world built into it. It's really cool. I, I, I enjoyed this roguelite aspect because it did have me coming back, had me playing the game to unlock characters. It had me uh, checking out different movesets. Um, it's not perfect uh, as a roguelite, obviously, because it is still meant to be a fighting game. But I think it's a novel enough idea that... Um, it warrants multiple playthroughs to just check out some of the zany things like this run and city part, check out some of the zany things that they're, that they're doing uh, within, within the game. So Nick all-star uh, brawl to a lot of fun. They did a great job with the game. I, I am so, really I mean, surprised I, how much they pulled off. The only thing I, is this, do you think an example of a game that just wasn't quite ready the first time around and Yes. You know, was it was it at a beta that was number one and then a full release that was number two? I think so. And I, th I think the first one was a... So the, the story goes is that the first Nick All-Star Brawl game was essentially penned by a bunch of Smash Brothers fanatics that right. wanted to make their own take on it. And these are a lot of well-known folks um, in the community wanted to make their own take on it, but they couldn't necessarily do Smash Brothers. So they did another ip they pitched it to nickelodeon um and got their footing set up and they did they did some of the very technical aspects they got the i think it was more focusing on the technical side of things but one aspect they missed was the so that was the one or the that was a beta that was the early access period it's like yeah we got the technical side down really well but what's the hook and i think this version actually gets the hook put together like they figured, oh, I've got to, we've got to do this because this, it's almost like they held that first game as early access because they got a lot of feedback from fans who 
fell off playing. Like there was nothing to keep people coming back. Yeah, and I guess I guess that's what's weird to me is that like you know you describe the first one into the second one. It's like why not? release it as an e like nickelodeon era- dude nickelodeon yeah, i know that's what exactly what it is. Which, but which, i think which, they didn't know i feel like they didn't know that the first game was going to be early access i thought it kind of feels like that first game was let's just get let's get a game out that we think is technically sound which it is but then again some of the things they're missing is oh what what they didn't realize it, that they needed some really cool unique hook to this yeah and i think that's what this game the second game does. And yeah, they did a great job. I, I, I'm really, I enjoy all the outfits that the characters can put on. Um, uh, the writing is actually really funny. Like you'll in the campaign mode, you'll, um, you'll have SpongeBob talking to like clockwork or, or, or talking to Ren and Stimpy and they'll say really funny things to each other. So there's some great writing of the game. Um, Patrick has a, thinks that people are invading his brain. So that's, that's always great, but no, I'm, uh, yeah, they they learned a lot from the first game, and they learned that you got to make these characters unique. And by golly, this is a year that people are talking about Street Fighter Six, and they're talking about Mortal Kombat One. This may not have the cachet of those series. This is a damn fine sequel. Like this should be considered one of it's one of the top three fighting games of the year. <laughs> um, there is a season pass as well. Uh, I think there's 25 characters that the game starts that this game starts with that you can open up initially, and I think there's probably going to be a lot more uh, later on. But God, I'm, yeah, do it. I mean, this is they they did it. They they pulled this sucker off, and uh, good for them. So, yeah, man, solid. I'm I'm going to be playing this uh, fighting game with my uh, nephews uh, and my daughter way more than I would have played like. Street Fighter, or Mortal Kombat, or whatever—not just yeah, it's, age, it's more, it's but more, it's more approachable. <laughs> it, I mean, but it, it's—I mean, think from a fighting mechanic, it's more approachable from a familiarity with the characters. Like the characters actually feel like the characters this time, like I said earlier. So no, it, they did a good job. There's that slime factor is great because I'm, I use it differently than uh, the younger folk in my home do uh, when I'm playing with them because um, yeah, like I. I will use this slime mechanic to prevent combos from taking place. For instance, meanwhile, my, my nephews will do it as a super move because the super, they thought the super move looks really cool. And that's great. There's no um, rubber banding in this game, which is good. So it's not like you're like a lot of times in smash or other games, you'll, you'll be so far behind all of a sudden like this big giant item will drop that will, affect the game in your favor there's none of that in this it really you still have to have some good skill like i could i was crushing people that are a tenth my age but um you know you can't do that with like mario kart or other type of these mascot games no it's good i'm really enjoying it i'll be playing it i played the last one for all of like a week week and a half at most because i got it on sale for like nine bucks i'm gonna be playing this one I could see myself playing this one into spring, uh, just depending on which characters are showing up. So yeah, good on them. Good stuff. Nick All-Star Brawl 2. You are playing a sequel, also a number two. That's uh, true. You are playing the big the big sequel of the month. Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake Dose Part 2. So Alan Wake 2 came out, what, a week ago? Yeah, I think so. Yep. They withheld it a week because everything else was coming out that other week. Yeah, and plus, you know what? It's a, it's a spooky season game, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, it does just fine. Um, I've probably put in five, maybe six okay. hours. Um, it's a, in my opinion, slow burn. Sure. Uh, but so was Alan Wake one. Um, you know, I came off, I played control uh, after it had come out with the ultimate edition. So mm. um, control being remedies last really big game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Alan Wake two clearly mm. builds on a lot of the things that remedy learned from control uh, in the good ways. Mm-hmm. And keeps 
some of the atmosphere and the ethos of the Alan Wake one, uh, but a lot of the things that they learned from uh, from Control and the successes of Control, it's a faster game than what Alan Wake one was, mm-hmm. which is good because Alan Wake one was kind of uh, like you know I dare you to go go replay Alan Wake one. It's kind of a slog <laughs> even on the remaster. Yeah, uh, and still great though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, listen, uh, one of the best narrative games that, I mean, still, it came out over 10 years ago. I mean, it's almost 15 years ago mm-hmm. uh, that All Awake 1 came out. Um, and still one of the best narrative-driven games that have that have come out in the last 20 years, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, any, ask anybody that is a, that was a, probably a JPEG fan and will probably agree. But, um, yeah, I mean, Alan Wake 2 is an excellent excellent game uh as you know so long as you're you have a device the device that can run it that's what i was going to ask so you're you you said it was slogging on the steam deck a little bit yeah yeah so i'm not playing how you're trying to play it i'm not playing it on steam deck okay all right um i am i i regularly check the steam deck subreddit um you know for better or for worse and uh i'm playing it on my (laughs) on my desktop pc which has a which has a 3070 uh, Ti in it, um, yep. so you know, not a terribly old graphics, you know, relatively new. Um, the subreddit for Steam Deck, you know, has it has people running it. It works. It is functional. It's not great. It looks like shit um, and runs at 20 to 25 FPS. But when you're playing a game of this caliber, um, you know, the medium preset. There was a hodgepodge that came out when when Remedy put out their recommended specs mm-hmm. for medium. And in fact, to the point where Digital Foundry, who is a big company that are... Um, actually, I wonder how Digital Foundry is doing. We didn't talk about Escapist um, and their video team and the gamer stuff, uh, but I'm not going to get into it at this point. Sure. Um. Digital Foundry put out a whole video about like, you know, here's the Alan Wake 2 recommended specs. What does it mean? Does it matter? Uh, And it was very prescient. And I recommend that anybody that's interested in Alan Wake 2 or, you know, is planning on playing it on PC or wants to see Mm -hmm. what PC is compared Mm to PS5 um, or uh, or Xbox One, go, go check out their video on it. But the reality is, is that Medium settings on Alan Wake 2 are to some games higher ultra because they just pushed a lot of stuff forward. Um, like I mean, like look at this video. The, the yeah. this is inherent lighting that effectively is there on medium preset. And that's just what they've that's just what Remedy did on this title. They were like, with this medium settings means this for our game this time around um and it shows on how you play it on just even the most basic of actions everything has a certain level of lighting and atmosphere to it that many other games do not and that's because they 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 pushed a lot of stuff forward so that looks gorgeous like it looks so it looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, it it is one of those kind of games where you get sucked into it. You know, you're you're kind of really viscerally a part of it when when you're playing it, and uh, it's hard to talk about a lot of it because it's one of those things again, much like the first one was, which is um, I can't spoil it for you because you have to you have to play it it to to see through it. Uh, it does a lot of cool things, though, uh, and there are clips that are shown in the uh, in the trailer that you're showing, which is parts of the game which are outside of the exploratory portion of it, which is the mind palace and the mm-hmm. writer's room, which are the only things that I will kind of <clears throat> pre-spoil. So, you know, outside of the action portions, uh, when you're playing the FBI detective. Um, you can go to the mind palace. You can go to, you know, connect the dots as if you're, you know, trying to figure, solve a case. 
uh, which you know that's her in the mind palace right there. Or when you're Alan Wake, you can go into the writer's room and you can build a storyboard element. Oh wow! And so when you're playing as Alan, you can change the storyboard. So and but if you change the storyboard, you literally change the environment that cool. you're in cool. right now. So you're like, all right, I'm going to look at this storyboard where, you know, the environment that I'm in, except now I'm going to focus on uh, if the FBI agent found me or if the F- FBI agent was investigating or what if uh, in this environment, it was a ritualistic cult that mm-hmm. had taken over the environment, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So Alan Wake is there to kind of, augment the world that you're in uh the fbi agent is there to piece together context clues and and drive the story forward and you know it's just all done in a way that doesn't feel forced uh, which at you know to me at the end of the day is the hallmark of a a game that is fun to play so uh, i think it all does that very very well and it's awesome it's it's a pretty incredible sequel so i'm can't you know, I, I, I gave up my Alan Wake two time to to be on to be, <laughs> to on, the be show. on the show. I'll put it that way. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to be definitely playing this game at some point this year. I'd like to get it before heading over to the Game Awards stuff. But um, and, highly and our, recommend you at least get it started. Yeah. Um, see what it's all about. It's all I mean, there. like, because it's there's going to be spoilers abounding it, everywhere. Did, did but it make the cut? Did it make the cut to make it? It did. I think Awards? the end of. I think like middle of November is like where the cut is. And something. I, so my, assuming, I assuming that it made the cut Alan Wake too. Oh no. Uh, they announced the nominees on Monday. So I think that so it made the it'll, cut. I think end of October. It'll, 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 it'll be there. I would guess that Alan Wake two is going to win at least one nice. award. Um, yeah. You know, whatever leaves, uh, whatever tears of the kingdom leaves behind. Sure. Uh, sure. Between sure. that and, uh, and Baldur's Gate three. So, yeah. Um, you have also been playing another game. I'm going to get to this one. This is a game that I had never heard about. Let me see if I and can load this. I one. hadn't either, and because I'm assuming you're talking about Ask Libra. Uh, uh, yes, there it is. So Ask Libra was, my God, I, switch, I, for, switch, lo, uh, switch version, which is okay, just whatever, same. Yeah. Um, Kezo or Kaizo. I'm not sorry. I'm not sure whatever it is, how yeah. exactly it's pronounced. Um, pr- uh, published by Whisper Games, uh, but <clears throat> S Libra is super interesting, um, really enjoyable action RPG to play. Um, has a very weird, uh, semi cerebral story, hmm. um, and you know anybody that grew up especially if you're as old as I am um, playing. If you played Maple Story. Um, oh, yeah. yeah you know, that, it's yeah. like that, except in my opinion, more engaging and better. Oh, wow. cool. um, but it feels it feels like that in the sense that you're side scrolling um, RPG. Except, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's got a heaviness to it in terms of the story that it has. It's got a kind of corniness to it. And again, and the story that it has. Um, I think I've seen the credits about six times already. Oh, really? Um, Is it a fast it, game to play or? No, they just, Keizo plays the credits a lot. <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> um, you know, like it feels like he. Wait, wait hold on, hold on. In this trailer, wait. Yeah. How do you cut from a young girl to ready for this? She grows up, and then there is super boob mode right here. Watch. Listen, that's separate. <laughs> um, I actually haven't gotten to that portion. Spoilers. The, There's boob I haven't. Mode. I actually haven't even gotten there yet. Um, okay. All right. Uh, so I cannot tell you what that means <laughs> in the grand scheme. Of, uh, Anyways, in, it in the grand yeah. scheme. Um, really cool visuals in this game, by the way. I freaking love it. This no, TV. it looks great. Andron um, style. It reminds and... me of like Odin Sphere a little bit and Muramasa. And... Yeah. Yeah. I think nice. all of those apply. Um, okay. And it's one of those, it's just like, it's it's just hack and slash goodness. Um, it's all very responsive. It doesn't feel like it all feels good to play. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a certain, like, I, what keeps, 
what makes me want to go back to it, uh, especially now and even that like I'm talking about is that like there's clearly something much grander than sure. what, what I can see or that like what I've played, what what the story is going to reveal to me um, that I, I want to figure out. And that is that's definitely a big a big part of it. Um, but, you know, it, it also has all the elements of, hey, you want to you know, unlock this weapon or figure mm-hmm. this out. Like, you know, you upgrade weapons by just using them repeatedly. That, that kind of thing is, is all right there. Um, yeah, it's a good game. Cool. So I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing. Um, that is, if you can get yourself away from this other game, chained echoes chained echoes Ooh, man um so i came i came off of i played sea of stars i beat sea of stars this is like weeks ago at this point um but sea of stars has a a serious um which one came out first chained echoes i think chained echoes did, yeah it came yeah, out chained first. echoes came out first yep. and it was last sur- year chained echoes came out and yeah. surprising to me because uh, they, I think they both came to to Game Pass, um, but okay. for whatever reason, um, I didn't pick up on Chained Echoes, but I mm. did pick up on um, CSRs. I'm not sure why. Um, but that being said, Chained Echoes is killer. Really, is really good. Okay, cool. Really, really good. Um, so I haven't gotten to the part where I get to play in the exosuits, which is clearly a very big part. Yeah. Of the game, uh, judging by how involved they're just are. getting spoiled like crazy. On well, the, I mean, listen, the, you yeah. you get to you get to play in the suit at the very beginning of the game, sure. so it's not a mystery that it happens. Um, but you don't get to do the customization that they showed in the trailer. There, uh, it's the it feels in some parts final fantasy nine ish it feels okay. in the, some parts final fantasy i don't want to say tactics because it's just turn-based but uh the story elements of it feel kind of tactics it's very political it's mm-hmm. uh it's geopolitical in the way that the story is built and yeah i mean it's are you it's steam deck in vi- this by the way yeah i've been playing okay. steam deck m- I would say 95%. The, um, the, the 16 bit ish genre of RPGs back is, is I love that genre, but between this and sea of stars, like they're, they both make me salivate in, in like, cool well, ways. yeah, I mean like, the, the big difference for me is just that it's not, not that, uh, you know, bravely default and Octopath yeah, traveler are bad. Right. But this innovates in and this and Sea of Stars innovates in ways that those games did not. Uh, they right. kept, right. they were like, yeah. all right, we have the foundation. Let's tweak this. Let's tweak that. And, you know, make another one. Mm-hmm. This and Sea of Stars both are like, and Sea of Stars, even, I would even say that this is more innovative than Sea of Stars because okay. Sea of Stars right. is largely the same thing with kind of fun twists on narrative um and some other stuff uh i think that this if you're a jrpg fan or if you're just a general rpg turn-based uh, rpg fan this is an extremely interesting game that you should be looking at mm. uh one of the more or one of the cooler facets of it is the fact that every battle once you're done you regen HP and TP. TP is their hmm. version of MP. Not it's, toilet paper, you know, but yeah, no. yeah. Technical points, whatever you want to call technical it. It's your, it's your ability yeah. points, right? So in spending, uh, instead of spending MP, you spend ten uh, spend TP, and it, all of your resources regen after every fight. So like every mm-hmm. fight is, you spend as much as you possibly can to just win the fight, and you reset after it guaranteed no matter what so you don't like everything is what you use in the battle and that's it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it what it does is create the dynamics of how do i win this fight every single time and it i don't know it's very good oh, it's sweet. really really good it's sweet. one of it's one of the more interesting turn-based rpgs 
it's of a while. It's always on sale everywhere, which is for like a great price these days. If you get in like a bundle type of thing, you should pick so, it up. Yeah, if, if, if you are with my backlog, in, if my in, backlog in, wasn't uh... turn-based RPGs, doesn't matter. Pick it up on sale. That's, that's actually it's a good point. <laughs> turn-based RPGs can be played whenever. You are correct. You are correct. Well, uh, you've been playing some great games. I've been playing some great games. There was game news, and we got this done in a little over an hour, which is perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, God, imagine what it would have been like if my daughter hadn't thrown up. <laughs> yeah, and an if we had ago. JJ or Zach or Sam. No, I don't here. want to think about how long it would have taken if JJ was <laughs> We'd, here. We would have just started. I would, I would have had to go to bed. Yeah, we'd both be <laughs> asleep right now. Um, with that said, you can find them and us over on sidequesting.com in our Discord. Uh, you can find us individually all over the place. And uh, you can find us at uh, twitch.tv. We're sidequesting TV over there, sidequesting TV over at YouTube, but really the Discord. Um, we are coming up on the holiday season. If you are a member of our Discord, which you better be, we might start the uh, the sidequesting Secret Santa soon here. Almost time. We're getting some good good feedback for that, so that'll be fun. Do a bunch of giveaways here. I mentioned it last time. <clears throat> I have a lot of codes, and I have a lot of swag, and it's holiday season, so we'll be doing giveaways, so be ready. Um, and drink your coffee, take your vitamins. Thank you to all of our zero sponsors. Always, thanks to all of our sponsors. <laughs> if anybody wants to be a sponsor, please Let contact us. We got bills. Uh, with that said, we'll see you on the next episode of The Side. Bye bye. Oh,